Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome to the show, my husband, J.C. Hall. Howdy. And I have liberty gear on today, J.C. I have Again? the, of course I have it. What's the point of having it if I don't wear it, right? And so this is the I Despise Fake News t-shirt by Thomas Jefferson, which has the 1807 quote on the back from Dom Thomas Jefferson talking about fake news. Yeah. And I love this t-shirt. I was wearing it at the college today, and people were actually like, wow, Jefferson? <laughs> Jefferson criticized the media? And people don't realize historically speaking how involved the media has been with politics and manipulating opinion rather than actually giving truth and providing i mean you have i think what you have are journalists who are who are dedicated to these kind to, to truth and fact like the guy that we saw at um uh the washington post guy who was generally a general truth seeker the one who interviewed yeah, no me. he, he yeah. believed in the idea of truth and thought yes. he was after truth but yeah, he, was he just he so misinformed and right ignorant like, but i think the, they don't know what truth is the the editors have a lot to do with the way oh, they sure. drive you know the focus and what we have today yep. and so that's what we want to talk about today now i just want to give a little since i'm a lawyer give a little legal disclaimer this is not going to be everything you need to know about the topic that we're talking about today. We are a teach show and not a talk show. So what we really want to do is sort of put out some information to uh, tickle your desire to see more about this, to learn more about this. I, you know, JC, what I really pe want people to understand today. I, I just clocked in. So I know, right. I'm, I'm getting you. Okay. Um, I'm not making promises. What I really want people to see today, because we hear a lot of talk about deep state, we hear a lot of talk about Trump cleaning up the deep state, but I think that the problem exists because we don't really understand what that means. They think, okay, we're going to get rid of some, some, you know, some Democrats in the House of Representatives. We're going to get rid of uh, this guy or that guy. When in reality, the deep state goes beyond employees of the government. It's actually a foundational thing. And uh, one thing that I'm always telling people is this, you know, everybody's like, oh, deep state. It's George Soros. Um, no. The Wouldn't that be great if the deep state was just one guy? Yeah. You know, how, yeah. how easy would and, that be? And you knew his name. <laughs> yeah, how easy would that you be? You knew his name and you could research where he came from and what's that all about. I think what's more interesting is who created George Soros, right? Where did this government, where did this deep state spring up from? And there's a series of books out there that help us understand that. One is The Killing of Uncle Sam. You want to show them that on the camera there. This is what we're going to be uh, working out of today. I told everybody to grab your Killing of Uncle Sam book. And the other one is Killing the Planet. And there are two in a, in a series of probably three now. The, the, the authors are in the works of a third volume. 
that give us an idea of this new world order, of this origin of the, you know, we talk about Agenda 21 as if somehow this generation invented these kinds of, of ideologies. In reality, it's taken generations of work. And uh, one thing that I talk about a lot, I have this on uh, this article on my website. I just want to sort of send people to it because it has a lot to do with what we're talking about today. I go to web, right? Mm-hmm. All right. JC's teaching me how to drive the submarine. So uh, this, uh, this article, Chris at chrisanhall.com, uh, Stolen Education, Stolen Children, Stolen Future. And this is about the Marxist takeover of our education system. And what people need to understand is that happened all in the same era of the people that we're going to be talking about today. Cecil Rhodes, Nathan Rothschild. I'm actually going to bring up somebody named Andrew Carnegie. Did you know, you know about Andrew Carnegie, right? I've heard of him. Andrew Carnegie and Cecil Rhodes were actually... uh, on on the same they in the same industry and and working in the same philosophies and um, Andrew Carnegie I know Andrew Carnegie everybody who grew up in St Louis knows Andrew Carnegie oh really yeah Andrew Carnegie is the Carnegie Foundation he's the Carnegie this and all of these people uh, at this that I talk about on this website here. Uh, about the foundation of our education system being overturned by the Marxists all come from this ideology. And what I want people to see today, at least, is understand the depth of what we have, the depth of what we're dealing with. And so maybe we can be better prepared because we've got way too many people out there who think Donald Trump, number one, is going to clean this up, right? It's too big. Donald Trump is going to fix the deep state. Oh, but just give him a second term, right? No, this is big. Still too big. And we've got to have... It's not to say you can't make a difference or do no, something. No, you can make a difference. To, to get rid of it? Yeah. Uh, well, if, if, that's, if that's the standard, I mean, got a lot of work to do. Well, but as a people, I think we also need to understand the, that this is a marathon well, it's just this same, is not a sprint. Same thing, like when people say, "Oh, George Soros, one man, one man's not behind this, and one man ain't going to fix it. It's going to take all of us." Yeah. So if if that if the expectation, which I think has been part of the, some of the problem that we've seen since uh, President Trump's election, you know, we talk people everywhere we travel, people mention right. the Trump slump right. because people right, do right. have that impression, like one guy's, you know, the knight in shining armor. And President Trump, for all the good he could potentially right. do, you know, some idea that he's going to single-handedly uh, fix it all. I mean, you, that's, good luck with that. Good luck with that. That ain't happening. He can do a lot of good things, and I expect he will by the time it's all said and done. Um, but he didn't come to finish this thing. Right. It's not going to be, I mean, sooner or later, unless we want to transform our system into a monarchy and make him king, sooner or later... President Trump is going to be out of office, and there's still going to be work to do. Well, so. let's let's just be clear. I, I'm not advocating for any kings today. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm you know I'm saying tongue in cheek, but yeah, right. Th- that's, that's but you know how people take that stuff and they run with it. So right. yeah, and Jason's like, but I'm going to put the legal disclaimer out there. We're not talking about kings here. No, and 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 even as a king, 
you know, there's there's certain things. And, and I think really, JC, the point that I want to make here is Donald Trump can do what he can do. But if we the people don't understand the battle, then we can't keep electing people that will be in the fight. And that's what we need to what I want people to take away from this understanding. Yeah, Donald Trump's not going to be here. Donald Trump is going away. Right. He will not be in politics after 2024. Right. Won't be. If he, if he wins the election in 2020, he's gone at 2024. So we, the people, need to understand what we're dealing with, and we need to be able to find people who understand the problem, who are willing to stay in the fight and fight the fight. And I think one of the things that Donald Trump has done that's really great is it sort of instilled people with a hope and a vision to get rid of this kind of... Uh, this this coup of, of our constitutional republic that's been going on for a while since the the mid early mid 1800s and and start really really fighting so JC can you tell us a little bit about Cecil Rhodes I can tell you a little bit yeah. all right well give sure. us something about Cecil Rhodes then. well I mean tell us why he's important to all of well this. it's just in the context of what you're talking about I and I'm not claiming to be some kind of encyclopedic expert but well, Just, and that's why we have the book, uh, The Killing of Uncle Sam. Right. Because that, it's, and it's good. It's this, good information. Show the book on the there's a hand, And there's a handful of, you know, books out there like that, like, mm -hmm. you know, that talk about these things. Um, you know, and then you, you have, like, The Creature from Jekyll Island going into the Federal yes. Reserve System, um, Leipzig Connection, Underground History. I mean, there, the, the, the information is out there, but it's, it's astounding how many, um, you know, so many of these folks people have never heard of, right. or if they just kind of know the name or have heard the name, they, they really have no, uh, no concept of the influence these people like Cecil Rhodes mm -hmm. have had on the history of America. I mean, it goes back, obviously, much of the, the philosophy that underpins what he was trying to push for go farther back than Rhodes, you know, so he's right. tapping into various occultic and Gnostic philosophies and worldviews. And he's also uh, he's also uh, into uh, eugenics, and he's got the whole idea of creating, uh, eliminating weaker races, and and you know that's that sort of thing as well. You know what shocked me was in this history, JC, how many of these people. Uh, made their money in oil and steel. Mm -hmm. That that seems to be the way that governments were taken over through the oil and steel industry. We've talked about Rockefeller and how he manipulated the the industry in America, the the um, uh, fuel industry in America, away from uh, electric away from alternate fuels. Do I have that right? Yeah. It's, okay. You've jumped. We, yeah. we, that's let yeah. I me. Mean, okay. All right. A, so let's, let me, let me just go ahead and let you go with this. Then. No, I, well, I was just saying that a lot of what the guy did came before Cecil, him. Oh, yeah. So you're kind of, you know, even, even starting with roads, mm -hmm. you know, obviously it's not the origin. So, you, right. I, I mean, I was thinking back, you mentioned the origin of the different things. Okay, he's not the origin, right? But he he started certain uh, certain things that have been influential, and so Rhodes was a uh, Englishman, 
ends up in South Africa and uh, making his fortune in the diamond mines of, of South Africa and started eventually started De Beers Diamonds who controlled you know, essentially the entire global diamond industry. Um, it's interesting how he actually began to make his money in the diamond mines, you know, not necessarily with, with the mining of diamonds themselves, but he was there doing that obviously but he partnered with a guy and they invested in an ice cream, like an ice cream making machine is how they began. Made a fortune they actually. They sold ice cream yeah, to the was, guys that were mining yeah, it's crazy. the diamonds. It's, it's bizarre <laughs> to think about. He, he's Obviously he was mining diamonds and then, but he like created several revenue streams, ice cream selling and then they uh, got invested in these pumps where they would pump the, because it flooded all the time, they pumped the water out of the mines. Because he's making this fortune and then begins to buy up various claims uh, to the different uh, the different diamond claims, and um, ends up ultimately, you know, cornering the market there and and, and owning all the diamond mines through De Beers. Um, but the main thing about Rhodes was his his vision, and he was he was initiated into Freemasonry and. Um, yeah, the story uh, is he, oddly he enough, received yeah, his oddly vision enough, during that initiation. On that day, <laughs> he gets this revelation of essentially subjugating the entire world under British rule and influence. Mm -hmm. And later, in particular, in that context yeah. of bringing America back under uh, submission to British rule and authority. Yeah, he was uh, a British back in imperialist. Yeah, so so he wanted to basically see the empire, uh, British empire spread around, dominate around the globe. And within that, you know, connected to that was his idea that the British people were the evolved race. Mm -hmm. um, and, and he looked out upon Africa and saw the tremendous wealth of Africa. So he felt like that was the key you know, seize the wealth, build the wealth up uh, that they they could take from Africa, and which is such a terrible thing. Fund the secret you, society. You look at the wealth and the potential wealth in Africa. I can't even imagine. Oh, yeah. And yet, the people there are some of the poorest people in the world, and it's because of people like Cecil Rhodes who have come in and just simply plundered their resources out from underneath them to, and like you said, fund their secret society to build this. And, and by the way, this secret society is this one world government ideology. Yeah, so that was, that was the, the vision, was the, the one world government. Um, and there's also, there was also this sort of uh, cultic, the occult, mm -hmm. Gnostic philosophy right. of, um, you know, what they they went after, or the idea they had of this, uh, kind of the basis of what people hear about the Illuminati when you hear Illuminati. Mm -hmm. So it's this light of truth, this this transcendent truth, mm -hmm. um, that, you know, it goes back to some weird, ancient, the idea of there's some ancient religion. Uh, that uh, all of today's world religions, you know, basically draw off of that. But there's this one secret ancient world religion of of wisdom and truth, and uh, you know, there are these masters that disseminate the truth and and have you know this sort of super supernatural, of yeah, supernatural up to up to supernatural powers. I mean, so you know, he had this vision of 
the idea that he's he's part of that. The British are, mm -hmm. you know, part of that evolved society, and they're they could build this secret group of these enlightened masters over humanity uh, to manipulate and drive society and the government, particularly particularly as they later attempted to infiltrate the government and transform the government of the United States in order to in order to uh, control the resources and bring it back under the power of I just want to England. point out and this is this is sort of what I want people to understand that the the length of time that it's taken to get where we are today I really want the, the American people to realize number one that it's a fight we could win and number two that that we must address it organized informed and patiently this is this is not a mara a sprint this is a marathon it's taken uh, Cecil Rhodes got his vision in 1877 mm -hmm. right so these these are the kind of long visions that these people have and so what frustrates but at me the same a lot time America, at the same time in the in the broad context if you think about it that hasn't been that long right mm -hmm. so it's not like oh this is some old thing right and that's that's not around anymore Right, right. Relatively right, right. speaking, it hasn't been that long since they started. So, do you right. think they would just quit this soon? Right, right. Although they had a long, they had a long term, yeah. you know, long term vision, and, and maybe it's been 150 years, 200 years. But at the same time, that's not very long in the sense of somebody having the idea of, you know, well, that's not relevant today. No, they started it. Yes. They began to build it. It continued to grow. It still exists, and they're still they're still attempting to exert influence over world affairs and American politics and, and commerce to this day. It is, as someone mentioned in the, in the comments, it's, it's the Antichrist system is what it is. It is, and, yes. And in part of that Illuminati, when you think about Illuminati, the light bearer, yeah. Lucifer, uh, yeah, because Cecil Rhodes, Rhodes believed he was the light bearer. He was had a, been a, a light bearer. A light bearer. Yeah. When, so it's a theosophic philosophy, and, and so the people that they that he studied and these guys taught, um, it is that Illuminati uh, basis, which is the idea, wh where it comes from is, you know, Lucifer the light bearer. So it's transformed. It's really this, you know, from a Christian perspective, sa Satan worship, Luciferian um, ideology because if you read if you read Blavatsky that Rhodes followed I mean she makes Lucifer God and then essentially says Lucifer is in us right, right? it's it's and it goes back which is the Antichrist religion to right, right. So, so you replaced it, Christ in us with the alternate it's quite okay. a mess yes. and, and it's interesting if you study it out how you see What's funny is is hearing this language when you hear progressives in particular begin mm -hmm. to speak, and a lot of these new agers and progressives, you you hear this language. It, right. It's how they see the world, and it reflects this theosophic, Illuminati, Lu Luciferian mm -hmm. um, worldview that was shared by Rhodes, who then Rhodes creates the Society of the Elect, which gave rise, you know, with you know, spin off the. Um, I mean, you can go on with the stuff, the, the CFR, you know, traced right. back to the, the, the Council on Foreign Relations, the Trilateral Commission. Um, All of these the are Pilgrim traceable Society. back to Cecil Rhodes. Right. It's because it sprung out of what he referred to as the Society of the Elect, which for him was this group of enlightened, necessarily British, of the evolved race, mm -hmm. British enlightens, who were tapping into this ancient secret 
wisdom of the wisdom of the ancient religion, uh, and therefore they were the light bearers, and in in a position since right it was this arrogance that since we're you know we're tapping into the ancient wisdom you know and we're highly evolved we should rule over mankind we right. are the ones best to direct the world to bring about peace and harmony and universal brotherhood like that's one of their sort of catchphrases the universal brotherhood well um, that's and it's the exact same uh, a philosophy that we hear from the modern progressives today who call yes. themselves the neo sapiens right. who actually believe what's his name um, got the book about nudge Oh yeah, yeah, uh, Manuel and and I get those two mixed up. Yeah. Ron Manuel and uh, the other guy. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, they have this whole that 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 ideology uh, is still. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I hate when that. If I hadn't asked you, you'd have known, right? It's the same, and and again, it's like you said. Yes, this happened a long time ago, but they're still working out the same plan. And you now today, the the, the terminology has changed a little bit, but the definitions stay the same. Well, so they t tweak the words a little bit, like neo sapien, who these people believe that that they are actually more intellectually evolved than the average Joe, and because they are more. Uh, more intellectually developed, more intelligent, right. that they have a right to rule over. You know, you just don't, we need to be in charge because we know better for you than what you know for yourself is basically what they're saying. Yeah, it ties into, you know, what our friend Pat Woods talked about in his book, Technocracy. Technocracy. When he teaches about technocracy. Yeah, I'm going to type that in here to our feed too so people can know that. Same notion, you know, we're we're more involved, we're smarter than the rest of you peasants, and so we, we need to run things. We're, the experts need to run things. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, that's the essence of the technocracy, which is, you know, just really a, you know, they brought in the, in the 30s, 40s, and 50s trying to sanitize and take scientific terminology and data and mathematics and basically repackage right. Cecil Rhodes' concept of the secret society. So this is a way that they could do it in the open um, because they couch it uh, in these more technical, uh, scientific, mathematical terms of efficiency and use of resources. Uh, but it's the same thing. It's the control mechanism just like the secret societies. So when you see the different you know, so-called think tanks and all these organizations, they're just arms of this bigger of, of, of this bigger uh, group. So as far as the deep deep state mm -hmm. now, right? To to keep bringing that forward, um, as Rhodes began to uh, buy up, you know, he's buying up the mines and the, the different uh, expanding his enterprise. He seeks out funding from guess who? Nathan Rothschild. Nathan so Rothschild. the Rothschilds. <laughs> And this is, and this happens. This ends up happening, you know, in parallel with who mm -hmm. you mentioned before, with Rockefeller, uh, the Carnegies, J.P. Morgan, Vanderbilts, and so the Which, Rothschilds the way, have Carnegie, the bank, and so then they yeah. fund, you know, all of these mm -hmm. uh, billionaires and who are, uh, who are all British, by the way, because uh, I think the only one in there that's not. British or have allegiance. They, they have allegiance. sympathies or allegiance, and, and or they to, share the or same to vision. The secret society. They share right? the same vision because right. they're 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 part of the secret society, and so they were co-opted and joined up uh, with the vision. The Rothschilds end up 
you know, underwriting all this stuff. In other words, the Rothschilds now own them, right? Right. You, you know, we're they're the <laughs> Who funding pays the source. the piper dictates the tune. Exactly. So you really end up with, you know, an overall like what what is kind of at the top uh, are the Rothschilds kind of running end, end up driving the secret societies funded by uh, Rhodes and and others. Uh, and operated by others, you, you essentially have the Rothschilds controlling it and dictating the agenda because they're the ones that hold the checkbook. And by right. the way, the Federal Reserve came out of the same movement, right? This was a right. move where the Rothschilds right. used J.P. Morgan uh, then to, you know, cause the the bank panic and and you know the different panics that they needed. Hey, we need this and we need this central bank. And so that's how the central bank was ushered in. So that that's the. I mean, this is. 30,000 foot view, right, totally cursory, but people, you know, you hear all this stuff, Federal Reserve, and people think, oh, conspiracy theory and whatever. No, it, it all ties together in the sense of those with the funding, basically, those mm -hmm. pulling the strings, the banking strings, using their wealth to control governments to try to shape the world uh, in the way they see fit, in order to enrich themselves and accomplish their purposes, it's not. I mean, it's, to me, it's not that big of a some kind of. Oh my gosh, I can't Stretch. believe this yeah. is so much. A, this is so much conspiracy. Yeah. Look, if you these if you have the money, pick up and a then history you have, book and just read these people. You cannot miss right. the, the absolute control that they have. So, you, well, if you have the money to do it, why not? Why would why, why would you, you not? Yeah. Do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. I mean, the only I thing that limits people at that anymore. point, if if resources don't limit you, then the only thing that limits you is morality. Which and they if don't you have. Don't have the morality, so you have the you have you have uh, Cecil Rhodes. Which, by the way, if you've heard people talk about, he he's a Rhodes Scholar. He's oh, got the yeah. Rhodes Scholarship. So that's the other part. That's Cecil Rhodes, and that's the other part that I wanted to make sure we get into yeah. because. That is the other side of the coin, right? So the one side of the coin is we have to control the government. The other side of the coin is we have to control the people. We have to raise up the generations. We have to educate them. We have to control them. That's where the Carnegies and the Rockefellers really, really come in on the American side. And while you're looking at that, JC, I just want to point out to people, look, a, a little bit of American history so when we, in 1798, when we had our first taste of, 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 of independence from Great Britain, I just want to lay a little seat there. Great Britain, the government and the merchant people of Great Britain did not recognize our independence in 1798. What they recognized, uh, they, and they, re they began to continue to treat the American states as American colonies which drove us to the War of 1812, which our founders called the Second War for Independence. I think we miss that a lot in history classes. People don't tie those things in. That's why our Star Spangled Banner is the national anthem, because it really was the anthem of our independence. We put the period on the independence. But even though we won this in war, War of 1812, we need to understand the merchants and those in power never wanted to let go of the American continent because they saw the riches and the resources the same as they did in Africa. Yeah. No, it's, it's, 
and you mentioned the Rhodes Scholarship. Rhodes Scholarship, thing. And, yeah. and people hear that Rhodes. He's a Rhodes he's Scholar, a Rhodes and, Scholar. And people don't, you know, most folks don't. They don't know what that is. Um, I think your average person uh, takes that as, you know, th- oh, this this guy's smart. That means right. he's really smart, mm-hmm. and he got this, you know, some kind of privilege. You know, people don't even know exactly what it is. But oh, he, it's a scholarship for being for smart people. a genius. But so. This, and this goes back to obviously Rhodes, Cecil Rhodes. So mm-hmm. uh, Cecil Rhodes, Rhodes Scholar, right? That, right. That's that's who exactly. Rhodes refers to. Mm-hmm. And so this is how uh, it was described. So Rothschild uh, and JC's reading from the Killing of Uncle Sam. There, I've, if you're watching us on YouTube right now, you can see the page there on Amazon, and you can see where you get it because I want you to know the resources in this book. You know, I don't. JC, I don't often talk about books that people write about history. I like original yeah. source documents, but this book like uses original source documents and gives you all the citations to these original sources. Right. So, uh, Lord Milner and Nathan Rothschild essentially were uh, administrators of mm-hmm. the Rhodes Scholarship, executors. the executors of the estate and uh, carrying out the Rhodes Scholarship. And, and this is what, so this is how they describe the purpose. So you're talking about Rhodes Scholarship, and you know, hey, this, this guy's a Rhodes Scholar. I, Bill Clinton, I think. Bill Clinton was, was a Rhodes one. Scholar. So, oh, and the guy that we talked about, Pete Bootywitch. Booty Gig? Booty Gig. Pete Booty Gig is a Rhodes Scholar. So listen, this was the purpose, right? This is how those who established the Rhodes Scholarship and, and administrated it described the purpose it says these postgraduate awards for study at Oxford University were granted to quote young colonists with the purpose of instilling into their minds the advantage of the colonies as well as to England uh, for the retention of the unity of the empire. What do you mean by retention of the unity of empire? In other words, bringing the colonies that is America and and right, all of the British colonies. Recognize that we became independent right. states, and that's what I was trying to explain before. So it's about that that influence that this, there are people today that still believe that this society controlling America, mm-hmm. right? And so that's that's Rhodes Scholarship. So the idea was to get the the smartest, the most talented, uh, particularly American stu- young men that they could then brainwash and program uh, basically to sell out your own country, right? Not be loyal to America, uh, but really to undermine American sovereignty right. and, and the loyalty of that person to America, to, to this philosophy, this idea uh, of, of bringing about a one world government under the control of this. The British Empire, these, because it's the British imperialistic ideology I, I, so so for me and this which may maybe, not be british anymore that's why i was going to say maybe somebody and some maybe people listening would would differ from what i'm about to say here it doesn't matter this is just my opinion so i don't think it's so when you think about british empire maybe people think the british government and that sort of thing right, right so right. i don't think it's of quite of that character anymore i really think that this group, this the secret society and the power brokers, the Illuminati class, have even risen above and separated from. Like they're a higher, mm-hmm. you know, higher power in the sense of, of uh, what I mean by that is more powerful than the British Empire, the government right. itself. Right. So I think it's it, 
to me, right, it's not right, necessarily right, an yeah. allegiance mm -hmm. to Great Britain, right. but it's, it's an allegiance to this society who controls Great Britain as well, right? So right. Th it's sort of the masters because of the, Great Britain. They're the masters of the one world. Right. They're so they, and I want you to see, this is the deep state. These masters of the one world what, are what, the deep state. And what we commonly, how you hear them commonly referred to today as globalists. So when when people say globalist, mm -hmm. th that's what that's what it's talking about. Mm -hmm. It's the idea of the one world government in there. That was the vision of this secret society from the outset. That was Rhodes' vision and everyone who came alongside him and joined in with him, that uh, that was their their vision and there and they was moved incrementally because I want people to understand a lot there's a lot of talk about agenda 21 there's a lot of talk about UNESCO there's a lot of talk about the United Nations these things didn't form until after World War II the seeds were planted in the mid 1800s by Cecil Rhodes vision in yeah. 1877 and I think that's what what why you see so when we look at our country and you again tying back to the deep state as people talk about the deep state in, in America uh, and why we see you know how we're operating mm -hmm. really in a in a people use the term post-constitutional right I would more say extra constitutional so so a lot of folks talk about you know the corporate United States I don't, mm -hmm. don't want to get too deep into that but in in general if you don't want to you know if you don't want to wade off into that yeah you sort of think about it in the, in the, let me give you a way you can just conceptualize it. Right. You have America in the sense of functioning according to the Constitution that the drafters gave us. Or, I think as we see now, you have a government that simply does not operate by the Constitution yeah. that was, was created for America. Right. So... This government that that you know we look at as our government, the United States, mm -hmm. it really isn't right. It it it's 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 this. It's now become something else. You know Which what I mean? Which is why so I'm always saying constitutionally, this is how it's supposed yeah. to work. If we and by the way, um, a lot of people talk about the difference between the Federalists and the Anti-Federalists, and what the Federalists were simply saying is. Uh, if we follow the Constitution as it's written, this is how it will work. And yeah. I think sometimes a lot of people who are in this, this, this one world ideology, they take the cues from those writings and say, okay, if we follow this, this is how it's working, how it's going to work. So is, if we tweak this and we get away from that, then it won't work like that anymore. I believe that's what Joseph Story did in 1833, by the way. That's what is happening with the federal supremacy in America, with the judicial supremacy. Every time we move beyond the dictate of the Constitution, we, we people always say, oh, the Constitution's a flaw document the system is broken well look it's not the Constitution that's failed it's that we have failed to maintain the formula established by that document right we saw you earlier Jeffrey um, <laughs> yeah and then so that and that's the thing that I mean that's that's what we're fighting I mean we have a government that 
really has stepped out of its framework. Like by whatever, and this is the thing, because people, you know, we, we talk to a lot, of, a lot of folks and have friends that, uh, you know, talk a lot about the corporate, corporate United States right. and, and, and all of those issues. Um, for me, it, it doesn't, I don't want to say it doesn't matter. Um, what I want to say is, it, the, the bottom line is, we have the Constitution, what it's supposed to be. Anything aside from that is is not a not valid government. Is yeah. is is illegitimate. Right. It, I think the easiest, the best way to put it is this: the Constitution was legally ratified as the law of the land, the supreme law of the land. There is there is only uh, one prescribed way to alter or remove the Constitution. That is that is uh, specifically enumerated in Article Five. People always come to me, Chrisanne, what about the incorporation of the United States? Well, look, there is no authorization in our Constitution for the United States to become a corporation. So if that actually happened, then it is null and void. It doesn't matter who did it. What it is, is it's a fake thing. And right. so what we have to, you don't have to get rid of something that doesn't legally establish. You don't have to go through legal channels to remove a contract that's right. not legally established. But what what you have to do is return to the proper yes. legal standard. But what you're fighting are individuals right. within right. that system ruling over us that adhere to that right. phony thing or, or they look at it in that context. That and that's why I say... They're no longer connected to... Right our constitution and the thing is so when you and, and how kind of restate how i understand what you're saying if, if you just take the constitution as it's supposed to be and you and you take those measures you apply those measures to deal with those people to hold them accountable and get them out of there then you know then you in essence deal with the problem exactly of the fake phony system right, right exactly adhere to the to, right one yes. to drive the wrong one out well but i would say even before adhere you have to educate because remember right. in 1833 you have uh and then through the carnegie foundation through the rockefeller foundation all of these organizations that have created our modern progressive education system carnegie carnegie created educational scholarships public education, libraries, you know, he controlled the the uh, information industry at the academic level. Uh, you have the Rockefeller Foundation does the same thing. They're the orchestrators of our modern education system. And so they have been teaching this alternate alternate reality of America as opposed to the reality of the Constitution. And so what we do here, like at, at the Daily Journal, at chrisannhall.com, at libertyfirstuniversity.com, why we're a teach show and not a talk show, why we've sort, of, we've sort of expanded our wheelhouse today to talk about this is because we want to educate people that there is a proper standard. And I think the problem that we have is that the American people have been denied the proper standard. They don't know how to identify when people are using the fake one. Right, part of, of a banker's job is to learn what a counterfeit looks like, how to identify the counterfeit. How do you identify the counterfeit when you're studying counterfeit billing in a bank? You don't study counterfeits to identify counterfeits when you work for a bank. What you do is you study 
the standard. You study the right bill. You, you study what the real one looks like so that any time a counterfeit comes along, you can quickly identify, hey, that's a counterfeit. Hey, that's not how it's supposed to work. Hey, that's wrong. And that's what we're lacking here in America. We can't keep studying the counterfeit and hope that we'll get back to the original. What we need to do is study the original so we can identify those who propose, who support, who uphold the counterfeit and get rid of those people. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I think within that, you know, what we're talking about, and we don't, again, there are plenty of people that are, there, you know, right, that, we are that not focus, here that focus on this we and are do here a great to, job. To hope that you take what we teach you and go out and do the research and find these people that focus on this. Yeah, um, but I so I think, and what you coupled with what you said, you I think you have to be aware uh, of the bigger picture, right? Mm -hmm. So if you think this is just if you think our problems are just because of bad politicians, like we elected bad people, then I don't, I don't think you ever have a hope to solve the problem because right. it's bigger than that. If you don't, if you don't understand um, the, central, the problem with the central banks, right. the issue of the Federal Reserve, if you don't understand that there are powers and groups, you know, bigger than this and, and listen controlling uh, the education system controlling right. the, the 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 access of of well now it's the access to energy it's always been the access to energy and, and societies and and yeah. natural resources and you have to under you know you have to go ahead and accept people are going to call you crazy mm -hmm. conspiracy theorists yeah. tinfoil hat tinfoil hat um you know you're you just got to accept that and teach the truth. But it's not that hard to find. It's not that hard to see once you once you get a little education on right. it. Right. Well, and books like The Killing of Uncle Sam and Killing the Planet will help you get the the academic foundation behind who these people who these people really are. And understanding, you know, a lot of people think, oh, well, that's tinfoil hat because people say, oh, well, Illuminati, Cesaros, blah, blah, blah. Well, you need, you need a greater depth than that. If this, yeah. is, if this is going to be your avenue of apologetics, get a, de get a greater depth to it and get the, get the real factual resources behind there. Nobody does it as, as well as uh, Killing of Uncle Sam and establishing Cecil Rhodes and how he took over Africa and how, how he became the octopus, how he developed yeah. the octopus that spread throughout the world. Yeah, and, and Rhodes, yes, that's the name connected to Rhodesia. He was actually prime minister, uh, I guess to call it prime minister over uh, the Cape there in South mm -hmm. Africa. Um, so, he, he, you know, as the British were colonizing Africa and, and uh, you know, they, so... He was part of the leadership and whatever. In fact, you see a big movement now of, of tearing down his statues and getting, yeah. you know, booting him out because people come to the realization of... Especially in Africa, the way he's yeah. plundered the, the people and yeah. the resources. Yeah, so they, they came to that Well, let me offer up a solution, some solutions here, JC, because it's not enough just to identify the problems. We, we are identifying the problems. You have to know what they are. And I think one thing that I need people to understand, Americans to really grasp a hold of, this stuff has seeped 
way deep into your state and your local governments, your counties, your homeowners associations, all of this stuff is, is, is seeped its way in. And once you understand the standard of liberty and the operation that, that our constitutions are supposed to, to manage under, then you, our battle is, is restoring local so that we can affect national. We have to really, really start working in our hometowns and getting and restoring these principles into our, our city councils, our county commissions, our police departments, our sheriff departments, and then we spread up into the state level. Right? People like to talk about the national level, and we talk a lot about the national level here because I deal with the U.S. Constitution. But I want us to understand that America is a grassroots. We're built from the bottom up. And if we're going to change this, we've got to stop throwing, we got to stop throwing darts at the windmill of Washington, D.C. and start really taking control of our local governments. Because if your county is under your control, the federal government really has very limited power against you. And if you get your counties under control, then you get your states under control. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's broadly true. Uh, you know, clearly it's it's above, and I think the point of the point of what we're talking about it's above Washington D.C. Yes. It's, it's bigger than Washington D.C. And obviously, they're, you know, they influence. And, and you're not saying an either or zero sum kind of thing, but just the idea of we're right. so, you know, it's the not, way yeah, it's not the way we've sum, been but. traditionally so focused on the federal level that we miss we neglect the place where we could have more power of influence directly over our lives well, obviously and, and you be kind of shielded from yeah. a lot of it. You obviously have to be educated and aware of what's going on on the federal level so you know what to fight at the local level. Right. You have to be, and you have to be able to understand, again, the standard, not the false standard that's being promoted. I actually did a, a, a video less than 10 minutes that I posted today about uh, the limited nature of Congress, about the lies that, that our House of Representatives and the leaders in the House of Representatives keep spewing at us now that they are feigning this whole love on, on the Constitution and our founders. And how, how is it that I can make a nine-minute video where I just sit and just run this off at the, at the counterfeit that we see, the counterfeits that we see in the House and, and that we see in Washington, D.C., it's because I've studied the real thing. And that's what we, we try to give you here, is the study of the real thing. That's where a teach show and not a talk show. Yeah. Do you want to sort of wrap it up for us here, James? I, I was or? wondering, and I love this comment, uh, nothing else to lose. Those who will torment you for your own goodwill, uh, will for your own good, will torment you without end. And that's, mm -hmm. and that's it, man. And, that, and that's how it always comes. Like, well, like so what William Reagan, Pitt said, a necessity is the plea for every infringement of human freedom. It is the argument yeah. of tyrants. It is the creed of slaves. Yeah. Just pretty much, that's the same thing like right there. Reagan said, I'm from the government. I'm here to help, right? You, sh you yeah. should be worried when yeah, you hear that. Yeah, you should that. be worried about that. It's always <laughs> couched like that. But I, somebody asked, and, and I don't know, I don't want to spring this on you, but in light of things, you know, the craziness, maybe in the last five minutes or so, the craziness that we see uh, kind of uh, unfold the past few days uh, since the new year, uh, somebody asked, I mean, you get your thoughts on this, was, was Trump's uh, drone strike, the, 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 uh, his actions there, was that constitutional? So how, how do you see what went down as far as 
what happened with that, if you want to comment on that. <laughs> and then, like, throw me under the bus, I, JC. I just, okay, so, and I have been thinking about this a lot, actually, because I knew this was going to come up sooner or later. Um, the War Powers Act is completely unconstitutional. The mm -hmm. president is not authorized to conduct war. Mm -hmm. But I believe that there is a valid argument that is actually established by Thomas Jefferson. So Thomas Jefferson did not declare war. He did not attack another country. And what the story is, is uh, when he's escorting the merchant ships by Tripoli, mm -hmm. what he said to them was, and this, this argument, this piece of history is, is uh, mis- interpreted in many different ways to say, well, the War Powers Act is the same thing that Jefferson did. No. What Jefferson said, as the ships were, were going through the... Tr American ships, by the way, were passing through foreign lands uh, on our trade route. And what he said was, we will escort our ships because they were. it was a very volatile area. The pirates, the Barbary pirates and... and uh, the the attacks of these extremists. Remember, our generation did not invent Islamic extremists, okay? And what Jefferson said was, our Navy will escort our ships. We will not attack you, but if you attack us, we will defend. We will secure our people. So you kind of see that in this context. And, I and see that in this given, context. Given the attack on what is essentially... The embassy. American uh, property, right. American whatever, exactly. sovereign territory, the embassy that they practically gutted. And I'm not going to get into it. Let me just be clear about this. I'm not going to get into a debate about this. Foreign policy is not my thing. That's that's JC's thing. But I'm going to tell you that there 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 is an application for the executive to engage in defense of U.S. property but not an application for the U.S. president to deploy troops to uh, proactively do something. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. All I right. hope that makes sense. Yeah. I, I'd like to close with this. This comes up from time to time. I, I, it's a very interesting thing. So the, different, the distinction between uh, liberty and freedom, because the person rightly discerned, you use the term liberty um, and you don't, you don't, typically say freedom. That's right. So how do you see that distinction? Because people may not understand where you're coming from. Because a lot of people, they talk about, well, freedom is, it, 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 it doesn't have restraint. So people say, I don't want liberty because liberty means like somebody else controls it. So you do define liberty and freedom. You do distinguish them with that yes. distinction. Yes. However, it's an understanding of what is the restraint. Right. So can you give them that in a nutshell? What do you, what is, why don't you say freedom and why do you say liberty instead? Freedom is the freedom to do whatever you want. To lie, cheat, steal, murder. I don't want to live in a society where people are free because mm -hmm. that's what freedom is. Because that means whatever anybody wants to do is, is completely and totally allowed even if it hurts me or someone else. Mm -hmm. Okay, Liberty is not freedom. Liberty is freedom plus morality. The understanding that yes, I am created free. I am free to do whatever I want. I am free to lie. I am free to steal. I am free to murder. You have to understand, JC, in society, I have the freedom to choose to murder people. 
But you But don't. I will suffer the consequences for that in society. But you right? won't because But I won't because I know the difference between right and wrong. So when you so say when you say freedom plus morality or fr freedom plus virtue, you're not talking about a controlled by a religious no, system. No. You're talking about that shared morality that says uh, I won't do harm I to won't another. I won't do harm right? to another. I, that's I the, the definition of liberty. And that's what Franklin, I mean, well, he got it from Locke, but liberty knows no bounds other than that you cannot harm or control the right of another. And that's why I don't talk about freedom. Uh, freedom is not a virtue that I want to maintain on a societal level. It's liberty on the societal level because it's the distinction between I'm doing whatever I want and or I'm respecting the rights and the space of others. So freedom restrained by virtue. That, that's basically liberty. So that's why we that's why Chris Ann uses the term liberty. So I hope that answers that uh somebody that actually had the question? Yeah, I, they probably think about it the same way, yeah. but it's just a matter of understanding the terms right. and how how you use those terms. So right. I'm sh I'm sure they agree. Right. Um, oh yeah, we just don't I know that a lot of people use the term freedom, but and and actually mean liberty. But from a strict philosophical perspective, uh liberty is the equation, and that's what I tell the, the the students. Liberty is an equation. Liberty equals freedom plus morality, and as you described it as virtue, right? Uh, and and or some people would call it an ethics. Yeah, because like you know, it's you, a shared standard in society that you know, thou shalt not kill. Right. So like you think about it, bam! I punch you in the face. Yo, man, what you know? You can't do that. And somebody tries to, hey, you can't tell me what to do. I'm free. I'm a free person. Yeah, you know? it's a free country. So that's freedom, right? <laughs> that that's the idea. Of, yeah. No, that's that's not what we want. You know, it's yeah. We want you to be and and I I give people this definition when I talk about liberty. Liberty means you have the right to do whatever you want with whatever is yours mm -hmm. as long as you don't harm another. That yeah. last part is that restrained by virtue, as long as you don't harm another. In in libertarian philosophy, you know, we you probably call it the non-aggression right. principle. Non-aggression. Uh, so principle. that that's the limit uh, the freedom with limits, right? Not limits by the government. We're not talking about restrained by an external power. We're talking about restrained by a shared virtue, self yeah. restrained by a shared And by the way, that's another reason why I use liberty, JC, because our founders use liberty. Sam, uh, John Adams said, liberty must at all hazards be supported. Samuel Adams said, uh, no people will tamely surrender their liberties nor be easily subdued. And Samuel Adams also said, when we tamely suffer a lawless attack upon our liberty. Yeah. And it's because they realized, uh, because they built America on the principle of self-governance. Yeah. And self-governance doesn't work in a free society. Self-governance only works in a liberty society where we, because freedom specifically is the lack of self-governance. Mm. Liberty is freedom plus self-governance, yeah. that virtue that governs us and says, you know, don't go up and punch your neighbor in the face. Yeah, and, and again, as uh, Sean mentions, some people use the term freedom in with that same definition. With the same definition that you're yeah. sharing, but I'm. Um, I'm but I like that's to, how you distinguish. But that's. But that I, I like to be specific, and that's the yeah. distinction that our founders made. And it's so like when people say, say democracy, no. people say freedom isn't free. It, it, that's what they're talking about. They're right. talking about the right. liberty. You know, right, liberty right, right. that you what you would have in mind is liberty. Right. So exactly. You know, not saying. No, I'm it's not being anybody. To use up. that term. 
but that's but if you're going to ask me why yeah. I use liberty and I don't use freedom, yeah, then that's why. That's why. That's why. Right. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. But well, doesn't mean you're wrong. Just, no. Just saying that's what she means when she says it. And it and it's good to know the distinction too. Yeah. I think right. So. It's it's really good to know the distinction. Well. Wow, this has been a really great show, JC. I, I, I would just want to admit I, I don't like sort of broadening our scope like this a little bit. I was a little nervous in the beginning, but I think that we achieved exactly what I wanted to. Like I said in the beginning, we weren't here to teach you everything you needed to know about Cecil Rhodes and his creation of the vision of the one world government. But what I think we did was we, we cast the seed out there for people to hear these terms. You need to hear these names, Cecil Rhodes, Andrew Carnegie, Nathan Rothschild, Rockefeller. You need to know these names so that you can find out where, uh, you, you need to know this history. And as a history teacher, yep. I believe that you cannot hit forward until you understand where you came from. For sure. So thank you everybody for joining us today. Uh, don't forget, share the love by sharing the video. Like, subscribe, and do what you uh, can to help us. If you really enjoy the education that you give here, um, not only is freedom not free, but teaching is not free either. So go ahead and you can uh, support us every month by texting IMPACT2020, and that's the word IMPACT, and the numbers 2020, all in one thing, <laughs> 233777. Not to say it again because you laughed over me, JC. I'm sorry. I, Clockwork Orange reference just threw me off. Okay, sorry. So, really, your support helps us. Not only that, if you think about the independence of America, if we didn't have people supporting the movement, where would we be today? And I believe that we are seeding a new independence. We're creating a new great awakening of liberty. And so you can partner with us. Again, text IMPACT2020 to 333-777. You can also become a student at libertyfirstuniversity.com and support us in that way as well. And get the Liberty Gear. JC, tell them. Yep. You need to get the Liberty Gear. And um, if you get Liberty Gear at chrisannhall.com, use the code LIBERTY10, LIBERTY10, Liberty in the number 10, 10, and you'll get 10% all of, off all of your orders for a very short time. So hurry up and go get Ooh. your Liberty wear. And you can, uh, like we say, don't just edu uh, pontificate, educate, use your... How many people said today, wow, that's crazy, Thomas Jefferson said that about fake news? Right. These are the kind of conversations we need to talk about. And JC, you need to make a Cecil Rhodes t-shirt or something. Oh, yeah. bro. Come on. <laughs> anyway, All right. God bless you guys. you guys. Thank you so much for joining us. We will see you next time. Clockwork Orange. That was a good one, Woody. <laughs> like that.